The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Before the flowers of friendship faded, friendship faded. So said Miss Gertrude Stein in one of her less abstruse moments. But doesn't it happen so often? Before the declaration of love is finished, love is finished. Friendship and love, the most powerful of all emotions and the most fragile. Friendship can be killed with a single word. Love with a single glance. Was that the phone? Yes. I wasn't sure I heard it. It was Russ. Russ? He just wanted to say hello. Robert, Russ is dead. I know. Then how could he call you on the phone? I don't know. Are you sure it was Russ? Yes. What are you getting excited about? Our mystery drama, The Fatal $50,000, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Mandel Kramer and Marion Seldes. I'll be back shortly. With Act One. The nutritionist says you are what you eat, but the philosopher insists you are what you do. Both, of course, are correct. It depends on which you is being considered the inner you or the outer you. And just as diet shapes the body, so do deeds shape the soul. Robert Arthur Moresby does quite a job of shaping things himself. The fate of thousands of people depends on how he happens to perceive any given situation. And his decision is based purely on profit or loss. You will note that Robert Arthur Moresby's initials spell RAM. The word suits him, fits him, and describes him. Russ, you're responsible for the prospectus. I want a draft by Thursday. Uh, that's only three days. And three nights. Now, Russ, I want all the demographics by Wednesday. What's that? Uh, it's telephone. Is that a fact? Do you assume I have never heard a telephone in my life? Miss Daly, I told you I wasn't taking any calls. Oh. All right, send her in. Now, look, Harry, you're the troubleshooter for this project. Find out from legal what laws, if any, we may be violating and see how we can take care of them. Well, my dear, my dear, please come in. I didn't know you were busy. Uh, Darling, when a man is too busy to say hello to his wife, it's a sign he doesn't have his priorities straight. Gentlemen, I'm sure you all know my wife, Rita. Yes, good morning, Mrs. Morsby. Oh, good morning, Mr. Haley. Well, uh, why don't we all take a break for five minutes? Oh, no, no, I'm interrupting you. I really do. No, 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 it's perfectly all right. And besides, everyone here needs some time to go over some figures. So, Rita, let's go into my office and chat. Rita. Robert, please don't scold me. How many times have I told you you are not to disturb me here at the office? I'm sorry. I have a very busy day. Robert, I'm so lonely. What do you mean you're lonely? I'm all alone in the country, all day. Alone? You have three servants. Well, I'm not at ease with servants. Well, then go for a drive. You've got a chauffeur. He frightens me. Well, I'll fire him and get a new one. No, they all frighten me. I don't like the idea of driving around with a stranger. Well, then drive the car yourself. No, I can't. Look, if you are so lonesome, then stay at the apartment in town. But I'm afraid of the city. It's big and noisy, strange, frightening. Well, what do you want? I 
want you. You've got me. I'm your husband. I want you to spend time with me, Robert. But Rita, you've come at a very bad time. Sorry, I'm sorry. I happen to be very busy. Will you be home for dinner? I don't know how late things will run. Please, Robert. I'll be home as early as I can. Yes. Put him on. Yes, Wilson, what is it? Are you sure? Hold it a minute. Rita, I simply have to chase you out of here. I thought that maybe we could have lunch together. I don't have time for lunch. Now, please, Rita, this is a very important call. We could eat in the park. We could get a bottle of wine and some bread and cheese and fruit. Rita? Yes. Yes, Robert. Now, I'll overlook it this time. But in the future... Yes, I'm going. Goodbye. Goodbye, dear. Now, uh, Wilson, what did you find out about whom? Now, I hope everybody understands the operation. Are there any questions? All right, then let's break it up. Oh, uh, Russ? Yeah? Stay for a minute. I want to talk to you. Close the door. Sit down. Well, Russ, what do you suppose we should talk about? Well, I, uh, I guess about the demographics for the project. I'd rather talk about $50,000. Well, Russ, your move. $50,000. You want to pretend that you don't know what I'm talking about? You stole my money. Now, don't insult my intelligence. No, I didn't steal it. You didn't? Well, I don't look at it as stealing. I... All right. All right, yes. It was stealing. You thought you had a month before the auditors checked the accounts, didn't you? Yes. Ordinarily, you would have. But Wilson wants to go on vacation, so he did the job earlier. That was bad luck, Russ. Oh, I thought... Well, I was I was sure I could put it all back before anybody would know. I, I needed the money, Robert. Mm-hmm. I, I just needed it. Yes, you'd heard of a stock that simply had to go up and make you rich, didn't you? Yes. Only it went down, didn't it? Yes. All the way down. You're wiped out, aren't you? Yes. Robert, <clears throat> what are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing. I don't have to do anything. Nature takes its course. By the end of the week, legal will have Wilson's report. You'll be called in. Give me a chance. A chance to do what? Make restitution. Certainly. If you can straighten out your account by Friday, you're in the clear. I can't. I can't do that. Uh, Let me make it up out of my salary. That could take years. I'll pay interest. No. For two reasons. First off, you're living beyond your means now. You're in debt up to your ears. So you can never take on such an obligation. Second, all the money can do is keep you out of jail. Your job here is gone. You are fired, Russ. But I have given you 20 years. I have done good work. And you were paid for it. Uh, Rob- Robert, I won't minimize what I did, but, but I had all kinds of pressures. I, I lost my head. I, I have come to my senses. I'll never do a thing like this again. I'm sure you won't. And so I have to go to jail, huh? Perhaps not for too long, Russ. But I'll be disgraced. I am not a crook, Robert. Believe me. Give me a chance. What you want me to do is lend you $50,000. To balance my account. The answer is no. Weren't you ever tempted in your life? I'm begging. Have you ever known what it is to be desperate and to be helpless? As I said before, Russ, you have till Friday. Yes. Stevens, put him on. What is $50,000 to you? To me, it's like... That'll be all, Russ. Stevens, I was about to call you. Uh... 
Hello. Hmm? Oh, hello, Mrs. Morsby. It is Mr. Haley, isn't it? Yes, it's Russ Haley. Oh, won't you sit down? As I was coming up the walk, I saw you sitting on this bench. I wondered whether or not I should stop and say hello. <laughs> Why should you have wondered? Well, you seem to be so busy with your own thoughts. Well, I, I was busy with thoughts, but they weren't my own. Really? Whose were they? <laughs> Shakespeare's, probably. Shakespeare's? You know, whenever you come across an old, familiar bit of philosophy, it usually turns out to be his. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I'm not sure if this is it. I word for word, but... I kept telling myself, uh, had I but served my God with half the zeal I served my king, he would not, in mine age, left me naked to mine enemies. Oh. But you're not an old man. Well, I wasn't when I went to bed last evening. But I have grown old, suddenly. I still don't understand. King? Well... Not all kings wear crowns and sit on thrones. Just look, look about you. The new palaces are those gleaming glass and stone skyscrapers and the new royal chambers, the boardroom, and the new scepter is 51% the voting stock. Mr. Haley, is something wrong? Is something wrong? No. No, not anymore. Something was wrong for quite a while, I kept listening to the song of the sirens. Beg your pardon? Uh, listen to me. How filled with literary allusions they seem to be. Hey, is that what I should have become after all? A teacher or a professor? Well, yeah, perhaps. Well, you know the sirens were those beautiful but dangerous ladies who lived on rocks and reefs, and they sang such sweet melodies that the sailors who heard them were... Lured to their death. Yes, I seem to remember, but you weren't a sailor. Or were you? Now, Mrs. Moresby, each of us sails on a course through this world, and each of us hears the song of the sirens. How lovely it is, huh? How filled with promise. Have you ever heard it? The song of the sirens? Mm-hmm. No. No. How fortunate you are. Because it is a false melody. And it can only lead us to our destruction. Mr. Haley, why are you talking about such things as enemies and destruction? It's such a lovely day. Yes, yes. I, I do hope I haven't spoiled it for you. No? No, not really. And lovely as the day may be, destruction goes on all about us. See? Where? Well, those beautiful bushes, for instance. There are many small living things there. Fighting for their lives, struggling to eat and not be eaten. Yes, I suppose so. And that clump of trees, those tall, beautiful maples, each stretches forth its leaves for the life-giving sun. But leaf by leaf and branch by branch, each tries to shut the other off. Mm. And leaf by leaf and branch by branch, the losers die. Mm, well, I suppose we humans aren't really much different. But we could be. Unlike the trees, we're not rooted to the spot. We can step to the left or the right and get all the sunshine we need without depriving the next one. Leaf by leaf, branch by branch, the losers die. It does take a while, though, doesn't it? And we're never aware of it and, uh, until it's too late. Huh? What are you saying? Suppose no one likes to admit to himself that he's a loser. Oh, Mr. Haley, there's no such thing as a loser. Well, I'm afraid I got to contradict you there, Mrs. Morsby. Well, what has been lost? It's remarkable. 
You know, I've been aware of you all these years as Robert's wife. And knowing Robert as I do, I, I said to myself, uh, what a poor, frightened thing she must be. It's true. Mm. I am. No, 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 not you. Not a woman with your, uh, your vision and feelings. Well, it has been nice talking to you, but I, I really must be going. Goodbye. No, wait. You're very troubled, Mr. Haley, and I can see it. So tell me, is there anything I can do to help you? Is there? No. Why do you say that? I look at you, and I see a woman of sensitivity, of character. Ten years ago, a woman like you could have helped me. But the irony. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have had much use for a woman like you. I was much too busy with the other kind. Eh? Now it's, it's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to find the right kind of woman. What does she mean by that? Is she by any chance suggesting herself? But she seems to be the timid kind that's scared of her own shadow. Or is she... And what's supposed to happen to friend-husband? We shall deal with all of it in Act Two shortly. Conversations. Isn't it remarkable? We can be aware of people for years, and all we ever exchange with them is the time of day. Then suddenly, for some reason, or no reason... The floodgates are overwhelmed and the words pour forth. Nothing seems to be sacred or secret. Everything is revealed. Do we live to regret it later? Sometimes. It's never too late to find the right kind of woman, Mr. Haley. It is, for me. You talk as if your life is over. It is. Oh, that can't be true. You know, I was so wrong about you, Mrs. Moresby. I always thought you were such a repressed and frightened little woman. I am. No, no. No, not a woman who can talk the way you do. But I think this is the first time in my life I've ever talked this way. I am repressed. I am frightened. I'm scared of my own shadow. But why? Oh, uh, now you don't have to answer that question. It is obvious. I don't follow you. If he can terrorize the people who work for him, what must he be like at home? I wish you'd let me help you. No, no, it, 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 it's too late. It's never too late. To men. <laughs> My old school teacher would say that. But it, it is too late if the fabric is rotten. And the problem, is it... Is it money? <sighs> of course. Well, perhaps you'd allow me to... Oh, no, no. No, thank you. It would only be a temporary respite. This, sooner or later, I'd be back to where I am now. Well, is... Is there a woman? Is it gambling? <laughs> Oh, Mrs. Moresby, if only it were. At least I would have had a run for my money. No, it's worse. A man can renounce women, cast aside gambling, but... How does he get rid of vanity? Vanity? Mm -hmm. You see, I could not admit to myself that I was not basically a high-powered producer whose department could show a skyrocketing profit each year. No one can do that all the time. Oh, they must, if they want to work for your husband. I was running at a loss, which meant he would fire me at best and demote me at worst. But how awful for a man to be in that position where he must win all the time. Oh, I am not alone, Mrs. Moresby. 
So I took some money and invested it in a sure thing. Oh, even I know there can never be a sure thing. I only wanted to make some money quickly. You know, to pad my account so that it would appear as if my department were flourishing. Then you didn't steal it for yourself. I mean, in a way, you really stole it for my husband. Why don't you explain that to him? Uh, can a bird make a satisfactory explanation to a snake? Hmm? Well, thank you for your kindness. I have an appointment. The most important appointment of my life. Now, at the top of the hour, here's the local news. It's believed that Russell F. Haley, an executive with Morrisby and Company, committed suicide last night. No! Mrs. Bella Chastney came at her usual hour this morning to clean Mr. Haley's apartment. She found Mr. Haley's note saying that he had no choice but to end his life. Dick Carroll, night watchman at Seaside Marina, remembers that Mr. Haley took out his boat last evening and never returned. The Coast Guard was notified and found Mr. Haley's boat empty some six miles off Bemis Point. The tides will no doubt take his body out to sea. Mr. Robert Moresby, chief executive officer of Moresby and Company, says that there was an irregularity in Mr. Haley's accounts, which could have very well provided him with a motive for suicide. On the foreign scene... Suicide? Oh, no! Robert, you're home. I'll tell you what kept me. It was... Was it? Russ Haley? I had to talk to the police. I heard it on the radio. They found the boat out at sea. He drowned himself, the fool. It said he left a note. He was all set to go to jail. I saw him in the park that same day. We chatted. Yes? He said it was the end of the world, and I didn't understand what he meant. I do now. He stole $50,000 from the company. $50,000. And do you know what he had the nerve to do? He begged me to lend him another 50000 to cover the first fifty. $50,000. The difference between life and death. Oh, had I known, I'd have given him the money. Well, you have some pretty far-out ideas, Rita. It's a man's life. Why didn't you let him have the 50000 Now, let's, let's really analyze this thing, shall we? You always tell me I don't spend enough time with you. Maybe now you can see why. It's because you say such weird things. Weird? Yes. You know, since we've been married, you've changed, Rita. You've become like a mouse. You're afraid. You're scared of your own shadow. Why? I guess it's because I'm afraid of you, Robert. Why are you afraid of me? I don't know. It's just the way you overpower everybody and everything. It's like a battering ram. I think perhaps you'd best go see a doctor. Why didn't you let him have the money, Robert? What, do you think I'm crazy? You. More than anyone else. You should know what it is to need fifty thousand dollars. What are you talking about? You don't remember. Twenty years ago, how desperate you were. That's ancient history. You sold stock you didn't have. I was caught short. But you were in trouble. You knew what it was to be desperate and sick with fear. I saw that sickness and desperation on Russ Haley's face that day at the park. What would you have done if you couldn't have raised the money that time? What's the difference? I raised it. Yes, you went to my father. Well, the old man knew a good investment. Oh, well, he thought it was because part of the deal called for you to propose to me. Didn't think I knew that, did you? Look, Rita, this is all ancient history. I wasn't very much, but fortunately I had a rich father 
And he could buy me a husband. It's a cold-blooded way to look at it. <laughs> You're the one who always says the world is a cold-blooded place. Well, from now on, don't scold me when I say I'm lonely and frightened and afraid of people. After all, who am I? When was I ever important to anybody? I think the only person who ever thought I was somebody was Russ Haley. Why didn't you write off that 50000 Because I couldn't. Why not? Because everybody knew he stole it. If I closed my eyes to it, it would be the same as saying, well, come on, fellas, the till is open. Help yourselves. Now, let's drop it. It's over. Is it, Robert? That must be Wilson. Excuse me. Hello. Yes, Wilson. Right. All right, now, look. We have to go at this very slowly, very quietly. The first parcel is owned by a man named Beauregard. Get it as cheap as you can, but get it. That's right. Tomorrow. Robert, why didn't you lend him that money? Rita, for the last time, forget it. It's over. (laughs) What? Phone. Hello. 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 Robert. Who is this? You know. It's three o'clock in the morning. Who is this? You mean you forgot my voice already? We've known each other over 20 years. Russ. Yes. You're alive. No. No, I'm dead. I drowned six miles off Bemis Point. I don't think there's much left of my body. That's shark water. Russ. The reason I'm calling is I want to know the truth. Why didn't you let me have the $50,000? No, I'm not crazy. And I won't let anybody drive me crazy either. Robert? Yes, what is it? Oh, you're up. Yes, I'm up. Something woke me up. I'm not not sure. Maybe I was dreaming. Or did the telephone ring? No, you were dreaming. We both were dreaming. Go back to sleep. I can't. I'm wide awake. Why? What's the matter? I just keep thinking about poor Russ Haley. And why did he have to kill himself? It was only money. Rita, for the last time, it's over. Forget it. Good morning, Robert. Wilson, good morning. Is the Beauregard thing all set? Well, no, not exactly. What does that mean? He doesn't want to sell. Oh, come on. As far as he's concerned, the land has no value. Up the price. I tried it. It's no go. Well, did you tell him we could get the state to condemn the property? Well, how could I? We have to keep our interest in acquiring the land secret, don't we? Yes, you're right. Mm. All right, let him rest for a while. Start buying around him. Now, remember, it has to look very casual. Be sure you use a lot of cover names. Oh, yes. I know, Robert. I know. I know. We've done this before. Yes, but nothing on this scale. And we're using our own money this time. You know how many millions we've got sunk into it already. Now, we've got to get the last key pieces in place. Mm-hmm. Check the map. Start with this fellow, uh, uh, Stockton. The one who owns the farm in the southwest corner. That has to go. Right. I can't imagine why we would have any trouble... Nobody has any idea that something's up. Just get to it quickly, will you? Say, is uh, something wrong? What would be wrong? I don't know. You know, lately you seem to be kind of nervous and uh, upset about something. No, I'm fine, Wilson. I'm just fine. Now, get moving. Rita? Rita? Will you answer the phone? Rita? Oh, all right. Hello. 
Hello. Hello, Robert. Now, listen. Now, have you thought it over? Thought what over? Why didn't you let me have the money? Now, look, whoever you are. Don't say whoever I am. You know who I am. I'm Russ. Were you calling me? Yes. What is it, Robert? Well, I wanted you to answer the phone. The phone? I didn't hear it ring. Well, you must have. No, Robert. Well, I'm telling you that it rang. Ask the servants. I can't. They have the night off. Well, there was a call, Rita. Well, from whom? From nobody. Robert, I'm worried. About what? You seem to be hearing the telephone. I don't seem to be hearing the telephone. I am hearing. I'd like to help you. How can you help me? Maybe that's what's wrong with us. What's wrong with our marriage? Who says there's anything wrong with our marriage? What do you think marriage is supposed to be? Man and woman, they live together and they're faithful to each other. They should help each other. How? What do you know about finance? Let me help you. Why, why do you insist that you keep hearing a telephone? Because it is ringing. Oh, and when you answer it, who's on the other end? Nobody. All right. Russ. Russ Haley. But Russ Haley is dead. I know. And how could he possibly call you? You ask me, I'm telling you. But it isn't Russ Haley. It isn't? What are you going to tell me? That it's my guilty conscience? Well, that can't be, Rita. Do you know why? Because I don't have a conscience of any kind. Guilty or innocent. Everyone has a conscience. Everyone who doesn't have enough sense to get rid of it. So when I hear a phone, it's because the phone is actually ringing. Now, tell me. Did you hear it ring just now? Yes. And again? Yes. So I'm not just hearing things, am I? No. Rita, would you answer it, please? If you want me to. Hello? Hello? The other end of the conversation, if any, will be brought to you in just a few minutes when I shall return with Act Three. Is Robert's imagination working overtime? Can we receive phone calls from the dead? There are those people who swear it's possible. a new word comes into vogue. It has its brief hour of glory, and then, like the skyrocket, burns out and dies. This year's word is momentum. When it's going your way, you're on top of the world. However, for a mysterious reason that no one seems able to explain, momentum can suddenly falter and run down. Then you've had it. Has this happened to Robert Arthur Morsby? who could do no wrong for 20 years and built a towering financial empire? Hello? Hello? Who's on the line? Hello? Is this Mrs. Morsby? Yes. Who is it? Is this Jack Wilson? Oh, oh, yes, just a moment, please. It's for you, Robert. It's Jack Wilson. Oh. Yes, Wilson? Hey, Robert, I can't seem to score with any of these people. You mean Stockton? Yeah, for starters, and then Ledoux and Ferrari. Stockton, Ledoux, and Ferrari... Are they wise? Well, they don't see how. Offer a little more money. They never seem to be around. I can't get them at home. Well, keep trying. 
we don't get all those parcels, we could go down the drain. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Something wrong, Robert? No. No, everything's just fine. I just have to pull myself together. And something is wrong. No, no. I'm just forgetting who I am. I'm forgetting that my initials are R-A-M. Ram. And I'm behaving like a sheep. Well, that's over as of right now. Where are you going? There's a little mystery I have to clear up first. Are you Dick Carroll? That's me. Do you remember Russ Haley? Remember him? I knew him since he was a kid in short pants. His folks used to bring him to the club. I taught him how to sail. The night he uh, took out his boat. Yeah? Did he do that often? Go out at night? With Russ? You'd never know what he was up to. Well, what did you think he was up to when he took the boat out? Nothing good. I can tell you that. What's that mean? Well, he had a kind of strange look on his face, like a fellow who's about to do something that's not right. What you're saying is he did actually go out on the boat that night. You saw him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He went out on the boat, all right. And he didn't come back, huh? I know where they found the boat. He wanted to drown himself. And he couldn't have found a better place for it. You mean he looked like a man who would want to commit suicide? Suicide or worse. Poor guy. He was trying to live it up. He liked the cards, the horses, the girls. They'll do it to you every time. Yes, what is it, Miss Daly? Let's leave Helen Daly out of it, Robert. Who are you? Isn't it obvious? I'm Russ. Why can't you believe it? Oh, I know you can't afford to believe it. Because that could be the end of your sanity. But it is really me. Russ. What do you want? How many times do I have to tell you? I want to know why you wouldn't help me out with $50,000. Yes, sir? Miss Daly, did you just put through a call? No, sir. Did you hear the telephone ring? No, sir. All right. That's all. Hey, Robert. Can I see you for a minute? Come in. Sit down. Thank you. Well, something's up, Robert. I don't know what. I hope it's all just a coincidence. You know the land we've been trying to buy from people like Stockton, Ledoux, and Ferrari? And some of the others? Yes. Well, most of those fellas don't own the land anymore. They sold it. They sold it to whom? I don't know. Look, for years, those swamps have been useless to everybody. The people who owned them were desperate to get out from under. They'd sell for any price. Now, suddenly, that we have this long-range plan to build an airport... Everybody starts to behave as if the land has oil under it. Now, something or someone is working against us. All right, Wilson. I'll take over from here on in. Robert. Yes? No, I just keep thinking about Russ. And that day in the park, he had the look on his face of a dead man, although I didn't realize it at the time. If only you'd let him have the money. Rita. You knew better than anybody else how important that money could be. Rita, if I have told you once, I have told you a thousand times that it's ancient history. There's no such thing as ancient history. There's only history and it keeps repeating. Oh, Robert, you have to make it up to him. To whom? To Russ. 
You killed him, Robert. I did nothing of the kind. You decided he could no longer live. That's crazy. The price of his life was $50,000. You had it. You could have given it to him. He was willing to pay it back. He couldn't afford to pay it back. Not the way he lived. But he'd seen the error of his ways, Robert. He was ready to change them. Have you seen the error of yours? At least start by being sorry. Sorry for what? For not letting a man get away with stealing my money? I did the right thing. Then why do you feel so guilty about it? Who feels guilty? You do. That's why you claim he calls you on the phone. Look, Rita, I have enough problems right now. I have got the biggest project of my life on the line, and it's about to fall apart. Why? I don't know why. But I better get a good night's sleep and start thinking straight tomorrow morning. Robert? Mm. Can't you sleep? I could sleep, I'd be sleeping now, wouldn't I? If only you'd admit you were wrong about Russ. And perhaps about some of the ways you do business. What's wrong with the ways I do business? You're buying land from unsuspecting people for pennies. You know it'll be worth a fortune when you're ready to build the airport. How do you know about the airport, Rita? Who's been talking to you? You have, Robert. In your sleep. Now, if you ever mention a word of this... I never do. In all the years we've been married, I never have. Even though many of the things you did were criminal. None of the things I did ever violated the law. Well, sometimes those can be the worst crimes of all. Listen. Somebody is out to get me. I shouldn't wonder. In your world, it happens all the time. Somebody is aware of every move that I have to make. And is there ahead of me, cutting me off? You could be right. I mean, after all, you don't trust anyone, really. And how about your associates? What keeps them loyal? Money. They'll all make a killing on this deal. That ensures loyalty. But suppose one of them or, or some of them could see a way to make more money without you. Will you let me get to sleep, please? I'm not the one who's keeping you awake. Wilson? Yes, Robert? Any luck on those properties? No, not a bit. Who owns them now? It, uh, just some initials, X, Y, Z. Well, there must be an address. Just a box number. Find out who it is. I need all that land. Okay, now look, somebody has outsmarted us. We'll have to make a deal. It'll cost us a few more bucks. If it goes, there's enough for everybody. Find him. Well, I am trying to, Robert. Wilson, do you remember the Canterbury land purchase? Why are you bringing that up now? Because it could very well be that this is an inside job. I just want to remind you, Wilson, that I still have certain documents that could ruin your reputation forever. Oh, Robert, I swear to now, you... Now, who that... knows about the airport? <laughs> Gus, Stevens, and Harry. Russ is dead. I want you to call in Marston. You want private detectives? I want those fellows shadowed day and night. I want to find out who they see, who they talk to. You don't suspect... I suspect everybody. Answer it, Rita. I'm sure it's for you. Will you answer it? Even if it's Russ, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk to me. Look, will you answer the phone? Hello? Uh, Mrs. Morsby, this is Jack Wilson. Oh, please hold on, Mr. Wilson. It's for you, Rob. Hello? Uh, Marston has had all these fellas followed day and night. And there's nothing out of the way. All right. Tell Marston to keep at it. I hear the name Marston. He's your private detective agency, isn't he? What is he doing for you? I want him to find out who's been buying those properties. 
Oh. I have them tailing Stevens, Harry, and Gus. Oh, I'm sure they have nothing to do with it. Somebody is working against me. It isn't one of them. How do you know? I'm sure of it. Why? Because it's me. You? Yes. Right here. In the drawer. Look. Photostats of deeds sold to the XYZ company. Here's 100 acres from Kenneth Beauregard and 50 from James Ledoux and 300 from Elmer Stockton. Go on, go on. Go through the rest if you like. You? You bought up all this? Yes, and it added up to $50,000. Why? Why? That's funny, isn't it? How it all comes to $50,000. For $50,000, my father sold me to you. For $50,000, you killed Russ Haley. I didn't kill Russ Haley. You let him die. It's the same thing. And for $50,000, I bought the land that will stop you from building an airport. Now, wait, Rita. You're going to sell it to me, Rita. No. Rita, we can make a fortune. But the place as it is is a fortune right now. It's a swamp. No, not really. It's filled with all kinds of birds and animals and plant life. <laughs> you should go there sometimes, Robert, and just enjoy it. Rita, <laughs> I want that land. Hello. Robert, why did you pick up the phone? Hello. Who are you talking to? Robert. Now you cut it out, do you hear? You're dead, Russ Hilly. You're dead, and I'll prove it. Robert, where are you going? First, I'm going to take care of him. Then I'll come back and settle with you. Now, the local news at the top of the hour. Robert Mosby, prominent financial executive, was drowned today. He jumped or fell from his boat some six miles off Bemis Point. By odd coincidence, it was practically the same place where an associate of his, Mr. Russell Haley, was drowned some time ago. Here in the studio with me is Dick Carroll, an employee of uh, Seaside Marina. What happened, Mr. Carroll? Mr. Morsby came running down to the dock, and he said, give me a motorboat. And I said, hold on, you ain't a member of the club. With that, he just knocks me to the ground, hops into a boat, and he's off. What did he say? Anything else? I think he said I'm going to get hold of Russ Haley's body. Anyhow, I ran to the phone, and I called the Coast Guard, but by the time they caught up with the boat, she was empty. Just a minute. Hello? Ross. Mr. Haley. Yes, may I come in? You didn't drown. No. You see, it uh, isn't easy to drown yourself if you're a good swimmer. At the last minute, you change your mind. You want to live. Anyhow, a freighter bound for India picked me up. Oh. And I thought, well, maybe I'd begin a new life. But after a while, I decided to come home and face the music. I don't know what the music is. Robert's dead. Yes, I heard. I sold the company. But I still owe you $50,000. Are you still listening to the song of the sirens? Song of the Sire. Oh, yes, we talked about it that day in the park. You remember? No. Oh, I don't hear them anymore. That's good. And you? Well, I can see you've changed. 
You're no longer the timid and frightened little lady who used to be scared of her own shadow. <laughs> leaf by leaf, branch by branch, the losers die. And leaf by leaf, branch by branch, the winners live. Yes. But I still have to figure a way to make good on that $50,000. <laughs> well, why don't we sit down and relax over a cup of coffee? Maybe something will occur to us. I'm sure something did. And so are you. Once again, we bring you an all-purpose story fit for any occasion. And it can fit any interpretation you care to give it. Was it all guilt in Robert's mind? Was it a put-up job? Were Rita and Russ in it together? Once again, choose between reality and illusion. And perhaps discover how little they differ in the end. But this is not the end yet. I shall return shortly. $50,000. True, 50000 is not quite the awesome amount it used to be, but it's still a respectable sum of money. But it doesn't matter. What's important is the fact that there are times when we can actually place a dollar figure on the value of a human life. Just think, no amount of money could create life out of dust. And yet life can be reduced to dust for the want of $50,000. Our cast included Marion Seldes, Mandel Kramer, and Earl Hammond. The entire production is under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>